0: Welcome to the Lifestyle Design Podcast. I'm your host, Koya Webb, and I'm here to empower you to create a life that's in alignment with your purpose. You'll enjoy solo episodes, expert interviews, and community sessions that inspire you to never give up on your dream. Remember, you are the producer and main character of your life, and it's up to you to live it intentionally. Welcome back. We are so excited to be chatting with you today about Wellness and how to balance wellness and success. I'm here with my girl Aisha, and she is the epitome of well being. Her, her family, her beautiful children are just well being in a box. And I really want to know, like, how do you balance wellness and success? How do you, how do you do it? It
1: wasn't easy at first mm-hmm. until I prioritized it. I mean. Prioritizing it to the point that I have to put it in my calendar and mm-hmm. block off space for myself. So the number one thing that I do to make sure that I'm prioritizing is you do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mondays and Fridays, no meetings. Mm-mm. Nothing. None. Nada. Keep it open. Mondays, I use it as my like, catch-up day after the weekend, but I'll also use Friday as a fun day, too. So it'll be a combination mm-hmm. of a little fun and catching up. I tend to do more of my, like accounting and stuff like that on Friday mornings. And then I can have my afternoons to do what I want to do and also integrate my family into that because curveballs are always thrown my way, whether it's an athletic event or we have to travel. But at least I know Mondays and Fridays, I don't have business commitments um, at all during the day. So Mm -hmm. I'm more flexible. Now, uh, my mornings are so important to me. So I make sure that I try to get up before Anybody else is up in the house because mm. if they're up, then someone's going to be asking me for food. Someone's always mm. hungry as soon as I'm in the middle of something very important. <laughs> so I work from home. So if it's summertime, there's a person always asking. Normally my oldest daughter, she's always hungry <laughs> and she, the food tastes better when I make it. So mm. she says, which it probably does hair flip, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm busy. I'm busy. So I try mm-hmm. to get up before they do so I can get all of my me time things out of the way. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you want to go into those me time things, but that's typically how I like block out my time.
0: Yeah. In
1: order to actually prioritize myself, because if I don't do that, then the day will just slip away from me and it will be dedicated to everyone else and not Mm -hmm. myself.
0: A hundred percent want to understand the me time, because if you don't take care of yourself, if mama's not happy, nobody's happy. And I think a lot of from what I hear, 50% of my community are mothers. And so a lot of times the biggest struggle is just balancing that me time without feeling guilty and not feeling like you're taking away from your children.
1: I mean, you don't feel guilty when they're asleep. Yeah. (laughs) So that's the number one thing. And then even when they're awake, it's important for you to let them know when this time is yours. Like, hey. Mommy's going to be doing this from nine to such and such. Like if you mm-hmm. can give her her space when you see the door closed, that means, you know, don't come in. If it's an emergency, obviously come in. I want, to, right. I want you to always feel like you can come to me no matter what. But if it's just like I can't find the remote control. That part. <laughs> that ain't no emergency. <laughs> what, you doing? what you doing over here? Like, you know, <laughs> typically what I try to do is I only wake up around six-ish. And I used to be the person who stayed, you know, up really late at night. And I woke up really late in the morning, right? Mm-hmm now having to be a responsible mother i um have to change my schedule so sometimes i still stay up pretty late just because i'm just a night owl but now my body is just regulated to like waking up around six ish and Mm -hmm. that's typically because i have to get them up for school and making sure they get out the door and also to school on time even if it's not my drop-off day can be on vacation i could have went to bed at three in the morning Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter my body wakes up now at six something on its own i don't need an alarm unless i'm a dead tired then Mm -hmm. then i'll stay asleep a little bit longer but six is just when i typically get up first stop always is the restroom yeah (laughs) and that's my happy place because Mm -hmm. i close the door and even if i'm not doing anything in there it Mm -hmm. feels like i'm doing something in there so people leave me alone right and i know a lot of moms out there can say that the bathroom is is your sacred space I love it. I'm always in there. They're like, you're still in the bathroom? I'm like, yeah, I'm still in the trying bathroom. Trying to breathe. <laughs> trying to breathe. Or really oh for God. them, I'm not even saying I'm trying to breathe. I'm just acting like I'm still using the I bathroom. love it. I love it. And so I get up every day and I love to learn something new. That's my mm-hmm. first thing. So before I even go on any social media platform, I know mm-hmm. for what we do for a living, it's always important to be connected to our audience. But the first thing I like to do is get poured into Sometimes people will read you know, a Bible verse in the morning. But for me, what I do is I learn Spanish. Nice. <laughs> so Duolingo is my friend every day. I do anywhere from three to five lessons. If I'm really feeling ambitious, I'll do 10. Mm-hmm. And I'll just do that in the bathroom. And I'm just like waking my brain up. That's how I start my day. And then I'll go into taking my vitamins. And then I'll try to hydrate with a tall glass of water and some lemon or lime in it. And then from there, I have to read. So if I don't, I like to read every single day at least 30 pages. But if I can only get in 10, I'm happy with that as well. But it's important that I do it first thing, because if I don't do it in in the morning, the day will just slip away and I won't get it done. So that's part of, you know, feeding yourself. So you like to read 30 pages as well?
0: Yeah, I like to read a book every day. Oh, wait, a whole book? No, oh. just a, at least one. <laughs> oh, Sometimes I read two different ones, but okay. I like to read every day. That's good. Yeah. You don't have like a certain amount of pages that you have. No, to I don't. Read. I think okay. that's a good idea. Yeah. But I usually, whenever I'm washing dishes or folding clothes or doing anything, I like to listen to audiobooks. That's Yeah. And so I actually get through books a lot faster that okay. way. And I'm really just mindlessly doing the work, but I'm getting poured into, as you would say. Because I don't like chores. Mm-hmm. And so what makes me enjoy them is listening to a book at the same time. Because I love books. Okay. That's a good tip. Yeah. yeah. I, I tell people to match something that you don't like with something that you do. So let's say if you don't like chores and maybe you don't like books either. Mm-hmm. Maybe you like singing. Right. So, you know, maybe you can sing and put on your favorite music and dance around. But that's my tip. But yeah, mm-hmm. I love I love reading at least one or two books a day. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So... I start my day off like that then I go into my wellness fitness routine. Mm-hmm. I really was doing meditation first thing in the morning. Like I like to do it when it's kind of dark outside and since it's summertime now, I'm waking up and the sun's out. And I don't know what it is about me loving to meditate when it's like when it's the sun's about to come out but it's yeah. just not there yet. And I go into my closet and I just sit down and I just do a five minute meditation because my brain goes so many different directions. <laughs> and I found that five minutes works for me. So yeah. do what works for you. I don't even care if it's one minute right. of just taking deep breaths and, uh, and meditating. I'll go on YouTube and I'll find like a meditation video. I have one that's saved that I do over and over and over again to the point that I could actually like, I know everything he's about to say, Yeah, <laughs> but it calms me down. It um just helps me. Focus and really set an intention for the day, so that helps me too. And then I'll try to meet up with a friend at the gym. Yeah, I typically do that. Get that out of the way. I'll try to do maybe like a little sauna session if we have time. If not, I'm just happy I move my body, whether Mm -hmm. it's thirty minutes, an hour. But sometimes you know my time can get swept away, and I'm in there a little bit longer than I should be, and I have to remember I have a whole job. Yeah, (laughs) I have to do. I mean, sometimes I'm in there. You know, if you're you set your own hours as an entrepreneur, so at the end of the day you have freedom and flexibility, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you really don't have freedom and flexibility. Like you really need to schedule things out. So unless I have on those days when I have a meeting, that's when I know I have a hard stop, but on the days I don't, I still need to make myself have somewhat of a stop because there's things that need to be done. So that's where the balance comes into play. Now, how do you do it? Like, so you, I know in the morning when you go to the gym, like, is there a specific time that you go and you have to stop to get back to work?
0: Definitely. Yes. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to pick up something that you said, because you said whether I have 10 minutes or even if I have Mm -hmm. one minute, Mm -hmm. it's okay. Mm -hmm. And I just want to kind of pull that out because a lot of people think their wellness routines have to be perfect. And it is not about Mm -hmm. being perfect. Like my schedule, like I have it written down perfectly, but it doesn't necessarily happen perfectly. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it is one minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes. And then some days it's two hours. And if I'm lucky, especially on Mondays and Fridays, which, you know, I have meetings off, it can even be four hours of spiritual time and fitness time and things like that. And so I think the biggest thing for me is realizing when my schedule needs to shift and change. Like when I was single, I had, and I want to ask you, you know, when your kids were young, how your self-care time looked. But when I was single, I had a lot more time. So I could take Epsom salt. I was um, following Queen of Fua's Sacred Woman and I was going through the gateways. And so I would do like a 30 minute long Epsom salt bath with like essential oils. And then I'd read her book for like 30 minutes and then I'd have prayer and meditation and breath work. But I was going through my healing season. And so I was spending a lot more time on self-care and now I'm in a relationship. So not only has that cut down, I don't. Well, we bathe like get a bubble bath like once, maybe twice a week, and so that because that's something that I value. But I'm definitely not doing it every day. Then I was doing it every day. Oh wow, every day Epsom salt bath. It's so good, y'all. When you're talking about balancing your nervous system, an Epsom salt bath it really does it. Like the Epsom salt really balances your body in a beautiful way, and that magnesium helps really calm the body. And so I highly suggest it. And then. But now that I have a relationship, it's a lot harder. He's working on his own schedule. I'm working on our own schedule. We got to figure out our schedules together. We love working out together. We love doing yoga together. And so I have shifted. Like right now, to be honest, before I was getting in a, mile a day, before I was getting in weights, and I need weights right now in my life. But because we're working out together and we're barely just getting the hot yoga class, but that's the one thing we can do consistently, I haven't lift, lifted weights in at least two weeks now. I haven't done my mile a day in at least two weeks. And so that shifted a little bit, but I'm not worried about it. I do want to add it back in, but I got to figure out how. And so I think it's good not to beat yourself up. If you're going through a season where it's not perfect or it's not like it used to be, you just have to reconfigure what is it going to look like, you know? And so maybe that looks like me doing my mile and doing my weights in the evening. Maybe it looks like me instead of every day doing it three times a week. I don't know, but I know I'm going to figure it out, exactly. right? Like I know that I'm committed to it <laughs> yeah. and I know my body, my birthday's coming up. So I'm definitely these last two weeks before my birthday. Um, I don't know when this podcast is going to land, but I got two weeks to get in the best shape of my life yeah. for my birthday, which is what I try to do. But I think the most important thing for me personally, and I think also for us as women is to make time. Whether it's the one minute or the five minutes or the 10 minutes or 20 minutes, knowing that the more that we take care of ourselves, the more we're gonna be taking care of others. Instead of prioritizing others and caring for others and putting ourselves last, we have to put ourselves first. And when we put ourselves first, like I don't know who said this quote first. I heard it from Lisa Nichols. Okay. Fill up your cup and get from your overflow. Mm-hmm. And when we're filling our cup, like you said, in the morning. We can give to our partner, our children, and the world from our overflow, and we don't get as drained. And so for me, it don't it doesn't matter what it is. I I can go through the whole list, but I make sure I do something for myself before I start working on everybody else. You have to, yeah. (laughs) And so I want to go back to like when your children were little, okay? Because I know it's a lot of people out there—they're new moms, or you know, they have kids that are under the age of like two—and self care looks a lot different than when you're. Breastfeeding or not, and when you're in that season of like they need you most of the day, so how did you manage self care during that time? Oh, it was not easy. It was not easy. But one thing I
1: will say is this: not only was it not easy, but it was difficult seeing my partner practicing self care
0: mm-hmm. because I became I became resentful
1: because yeah. your child does need you. I nursed my children for almost a year each, and. Even though I did had help, have help, I had like mm-hmm. my mom living with us. We had a nanny come in, just helping, being like kind of like a mommy's helper. Mm-hmm. But I was still just very much glued to my children because I also enjoyed being around them, and mm-hmm. I was also str- juggling like working at the same time. Wow. So I would nurse, play, hand off work, nurse, play, hand off work. And then my husband didn't have to think about any of those things because he didn't have a kid tied to his (laughs) chest, you know? So he could just move and shake, like go out of town, go play golf, go do whatever he wants without really asking or letting anybody know about his schedule. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, granted, did set us up nicely for support, meaning like, okay, there's people there that can help. But at the same time, I know that I can't just pick up and leave without making major plans, without like having to talk to at least two to three people in order to make that happened. And I was resentful of not having that freedom to be able mm. to just get up and go. So self-care was very difficult for me, especially when I first brought my first daughter home. <laughs> I remember I wasn't even sure when I could take a shower. Mm. I used to be like, wait a minute, if I get in the shower, like something's going to happen and I'm going to be in the shower. She's going to need me. Wow. And so I remember one day that my friend, I called my friend Camilla she goes, is there something that you could put your baby in? Like put them in that thing and sit them in front of the shower and then take a shower. And I'm like, you're right. I never thought to bring the baby into the bathroom, but that's what I ended up doing. That's how crazy. So I still didn't even have the time to myself. There was a baby there while I was showering. I was so into being a giver and a caretaker that I didn't even want to take the time to take a shower for myself. It was just like ridiculous. I would always have to find help. Like, can you please watch, watch the baby while I go take a shower? Like, Yeah. Yeah. So it was very different then. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, too, had to speak up, you know, instead of being resentful, I had Mm -hmm. to say to myself, "And you need to communicate these feelings that you're having with your partner and then tell them they need help, you know, Mm -hmm. in any way that they can. They can't do everything, but there's something that they can do. And those little things could be like folding laundry. Because mm-hmm. I was trying to be super mom and I was nursing and I was cooking and I was folding the laundry and I was working. And I was doing all those things. And I'm like, wait a minute. I don't have to do all of this stuff.
0: Girl, like, I just don't much. even do that now. <laughs> <laughs> like, girl,
1: I was just doing too much, <laughs> too much wow. all the time. And then I finally got to the point, a breaking point where I had to be like, yo, you need to help. And I remember my husband said, I would help more, but I just feel like they're not at an age where I can like help. I I feel like they need to be like three or four and I could help. I'm like, nah, son, you're gonna have to figure out how to how to help now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, figure out a way, my boy.
1: We we worked it out. Communication definitely yeah. helped. But now I feel like my self-care has reach new heights because my kids are old enough to pretty much take care of themselves. I mean, they Mm -hmm. act like they can't cook, but they can. (laughs) Um, So the fact that they can pretty much do everything on their own, their hair, everything. I have that time now to myself Mm -hmm. to be able to pour into me and then I can Mm -hmm. pour into them in ways that I never imagined. Mm -hmm. So
0: I love that. I love that. It's so good. And and you went back to the communication because Mm -hmm. the communication if you have those needs cuz even if it's like okay you can't do much with the children mm-hmm. you can help with the clothes right. and the dishes and there's so many other things mm-hmm. and that's where i feel like it comes to deciding like how you want to balance out responsibility right. because well-being i feel like and success it's like you can be successful up into a certain point that you are well mm-hmm. but once you're sacrificing your wellness no matter how much success you have you're getting hit and your health is your wealth at the end of the day, because if you're sick, you can't make money. And so I think it's so important to really um, prioritize that. And especially in relationship and partnership and with having children, when you can't really, like you said, you have children attached to you. How do you prioritize your well-being when you are needed 24 seven? And when you have a partner, when you have help and support, and some people don't even have that, don't have a partner, no, no. don't have a village. And I just don't even know how. I don't. Like even my sister as a single mother, like just watching her go through what she went through was natural birth control because I was just yeah. like, oh, oh, girl. I was like, yeah, that's hard. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like what she inspired me though is because she never gave up and she was very resilient. And she said, no matter what, I'm going to figure out a way. And I feel like having that is... Being resilient is one of the key values in being successful to me. I mean, what do you feel like for you being in the wellness industry, mm-hmm. talking about well-being and success? What do you feel like are the key things for you that help you maintain your success? Because you've been successful for a while. You've been <laughs> holding it down for a while, yeah. you know, at different levels. And yeah. so what are those key things that have helped you maintain that success?
1: Being organized organized and
0: scheduling my my
1: time. Like I said, the whole Monday's off, Friday's off, not really off, but Mondays and Fridays with no meetings has been so helpful. I've been able to kind of streamline my workflow by, you know, having certain days that I do certain things. That's Mm -hmm. so important too. Batching my work and my content, all of that, it's it's just helped me tremendously because sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, I see you all over the place. I'm like, girl, I created that piece of content like three weeks ago and you're Mm -hmm. seeing it today. But that's the beauty in being uh, technology and yeah. being able to seem like you're everywhere at once when you're really not. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's helped me uh, find my success and, and balance. Because if I'm doing everything in real time, I'm going to get burnt out. Oh, yeah. And I see a lot of people trying to do things in real time and suffering. Getting burnt from out. Yeah, getting yeah. burnt out. It's really difficult to do that. You have to figure out how you can duplicate your efforts in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And technology has helped me with that tremendously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, and just like I said, I I have to have everything in my calendar. So whether it's my workouts, my you know check-ins, which are super important, make sure you're scheduling your doctor's appointments, your dental visits, um, all of that. Having that in my schedule, on top of you know making sure that I'm staying in line with my relationships with my family and my friendships, because that's also a part of the balance and the work in order to be successful. Because I feel like if you're unhappy too in your relationships, it will translate. To yeah. your work. You just need to let people in your life know that you support them as well. Yeah. Even though that you're you're busy and you're working on your thing, they need to still feel valued and a part of your thing too, you mm-hmm. know, in a way, you know. Yeah. So that's pretty much how I do it. How, how do you do it? Because you, you are Miss Busy Woman. You have... Your business, you have your travels that you do that are typically align with your business, but mm-hmm. it's kind of hard if you're always like on the go yeah. and, you know, pouring into so many people mm-hmm. and then also making sure you pour into yourself and then you have family that may feel like, oh, wait, I'm not getting enough Koya. How do you balance all of that?
0: Mm. That's a good question because yeah. it's not like just one way. Like I realized that I make a lot of, I organize a lot and I I have a lot of planning and then I just throw the plans out the window. So I think it's so important to be intentional and have an intention. So when I wake up in the morning, I have the intention of spending, let's say 30 minutes on each thing that I love to do. So 30 minutes in meditation, 30 minutes in journaling, 30 minutes breath work. Um, usually an hour yoga, you know, so I have the things that I like to do and I have time for it. But when I'm traveling, oh, the running went out the window. Oh, the weights went out the window. Oh, you know, so it changes a lot, especially when I'm traveling. Sometimes it's like, okay, I'm just going to do a 10 minute breath work, drop into meditation for 20 minutes And then I'm just going to let my walking be like in the airport and wherever I am. And I'm going to do some stretching at the airport. So I allow my fitness to be what it is and my wellness to be what it is. And don't try to make it what it's not. Right. It doesn't have to look like it looks when I'm at home, when I'm on the road. As long as I'm doing something for myself. Now, if I'm on the road for a long time, usually I try to balance it out. So I have this thing called daily 100s, which is squats and pushups and core work, like that I work my entire body. Like, so if I haven't gotten to the gym in two weeks, I do the daily one hundreds, like at least two or three times a week. And so that will keep me a base level of strength, which is so important. You know, us as women, as we age, we're losing muscle mass. And so we, we have to lift, but sometimes you can't get to the gym. And so doing this body weight training is just as impactful and I'm still building um, and strengthening. And so I do that. So I find ways Especially when I see myself two or three days off of my routine or not getting in my strength, my flexibility, or my mindfulness practices as I want, I have ways to, like, okay, this is how I'm gonna get it in, right? So I just really make it work no matter what time I have. And then when I go home, I think this is something that I learned to do because I wasn't getting in because I wanna spend time with my people. You know, I got 13 nieces and nephews, I have two brothers, one sister, and so I'm trying to see everybody. Mm So what I started doing is incorporating them in my fitness. Like, do you want to go on a walk with me? Do you want to go to the gym with me? Do you, you know um, my mom? Like, let's just let's walk to the store, you know. And so I've started incorporating, Let's meditate together. Mm-hmm. Let's dance. And mm-hmm. so I really start or let's cook together. So I really learn to be creative when it comes to well-being, whether it be a fitness thing or mm-hmm. even cooking together. Like we got to eat. So then, okay, well, we're making food for the family. So let's make food together so we can talk and catch up. And then we're eating with the entire family. And that was my one-on-one time with my sister. And then my brother, like, okay, well, I find a creative way. Let's go shopping. Let's get groceries. And so I've learned to become very creative and realize that wellness doesn't have to look a certain way.
1: Yeah, I'm happy that you said you learned it because I feel like a lot of times we try to mirror we've learned from our parents and if you don't get that example from them then you just don't do it you know Mm -mm. but then you said to yourself i'm gonna take it upon myself and i'm gonna create traditions in my family and i'm gonna do these things and i feel like i need to do a better job at that too i mean i have my own traditions that i do try to set with my kids but at the same time i'm really seeing some of the same patterns that i've seen like with my parents that Mm. i'm also having with my children just because There's a level of busyness and they have their own busy, crazy schedules too. And so we're just kind of just in this flow of just trying to survive when it comes Mm -hmm. to time. Our time currency is very, very low, you know, because we're just all over the place. But I want us to be more intentional about doing those things like cooking together because once you start to introduce those things too late, they're like, I don't like to cook. I don't right. want to do that. It's always about what they don't want to do. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. let's just at least try
0: it. Be open-minded. Yeah. Try it because you never know. You may love it. But mm-hmm. so I like that you you did that. With my nieces, um, first when they were younger, they wanted to get in the kitchen and cook. And then as they got older, they just want to be on like TikTok right. and do dances together, which I dance with them. Okay. Was like I'll dance with you, but I have to negotiate. Okay. So I was like, I'll dance with you. You're going to come cook with me. And I say, what do you want to eat? And usually when it's not like just cook whatever I want, usually when I get them involved in like choosing what it is they're eating, they're more receptive. So yeah. I'm definitely the kind of person who's like I'm going to figure out how to make this fun for you. Exactly. Right. Because it is sometimes like pulling teeth because their mother does it. She just, you know, cooks. My sister just cooks, you know, and she doesn't want to. She had a lot of responsibility on her. She wants to let her children be children, right. you know, and so. She doesn't put that much as much responsibility. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, Y'all better get in here and learn to cook, okay? Y'all gonna cook with Auntie Koya. Right. You know, and so I really think it's so important because as you said, if you don't learn, you don't learn and then as you get older, you're like, I just don't do that. Right. Right. And I know my grandma had me in that kitchen. Sometimes I wanted to be there and sometimes I didn't. But the fact that she had me in there, I, it's invaluable. Like I love that I learned how to cook and I learned how to bake and I learned how to trust myself and make mistakes and fix things when they didn't taste right. But you know, if you don't do that when you're younger, sometimes you miss out. And so I really, you know, take it upon myself as auntie. I feel like, okay, I don't have any children. So I owe it to my brothers and sisters to spend that extra time trying to figure out whatever it is they don't want to do or they don't like to do. I can come in as, you know, auntie and come in and like incorporate that as my love to my nieces and nephews. So yeah, that's been, it's been a lot of fun. Actually. I love Figuring out. I feel like it's a challenge that I want to take on.
1: Well, what's the one thing that they always want you to cook with them? Lasagna.
0: Oh. Lasagna. You know, kids love some lasagna. Kids, kids love lasagna and pizza. Okay. It's yeah. like, if, if we got time, <laughs> lasagna, if we don't, pizza, yeah. they're okay with a pizza. But, of course, they're used to pizza. Right. But they know Auntie Antiquette will make that lasagna, and it takes time, mm-hmm. and they get to do all, like, the layers and the cheese. And, yeah, they love mm-hmm. some pizza and lasagna. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they love, love both. Love
1: and pizza. They do.
0: Right? Universal. What are the main things, especially when it comes to your girls? Because, you know, they're playing ball now and they're having all these challenges and mental health is a big thing. And there's a lot of pressure. And one thing that I wasn't aware about that you kind of are helping you're helping me understand is that how much pressure. Our youth is experiencing today when it comes to school and sports. So can you talk a little bit about those challenges and maybe other mothers and fathers that might be experiencing Playtime or lack thereof, people not considering your child's emotional health. Like that shocked me. Listen, it is so real. And kids are
1: dealing with so much. If you're a student athlete, you're dealing with the pressure of school and trying to like maintain your grades so you can be an athlete. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with social pressure, you know, especially if you're a teen or a tween, you're dealing with trying to fit in, you know, finding your friend group or surrounding yourself with people who may not be the best for you having frenemies in your life but you can't really escape them because they may be on your team or they may be in your classroom and the interactions you're having could be distracting you from learning you may have an incident with them and you go home and you come back the next day and it's like still not resolved and how can you learn under that sort of environment and then on top of that we as parents have to look at everything so if your kid comes home with a bad grade, it may not be just because they're not paying attention in class and it's mm-hmm. on them. It also could be that there's, there are way too many distractions in that classroom right. and uh you need to figure out the real issue and get to the bottom of it, you know, and also get your child help because sometimes we'll see like, Oh, you know, you're not applying yourself. You're not, you're not working hard enough, but it also could be that they just don't understand or they have too mm-hmm. much going on in their minds because they are busy. They are students and they're also, you know, an athlete that if they're at a higher level of, whatever sport they're playing, they're also traveling. So you have the Mm -hmm. pressure of traveling, having to perform, knowing there's a lot of money involved. All of that is a lot for an adolescent to bear. It's a big burden to bear Mm -hmm. when you're that young. So we just need to be more sensitive to them and figure out the whole overall picture as to why they're not either producing in the classroom or if they're not producing on the court could be a bigger issue. And what I've found is allowing your child to be very open with you taking opportunities to talk to them when they're ready because (laughs) as parents, uh, we're very competitive. I'm so competitive. But at the same time, (laughs) I have learned that there's a time and a place to address certain things with your kid when it comes to a sport. And so if they have a bad game, We want to address it immediately, of course. Right. But is that really the right time? Because they've already had a long, drawn out conversation with their coach who's Mm -hmm. already told them what they've done wrong. They already internally know that they've done wrong. If they lose a game, you think they wanted to lose a game? Do You think they wanted to miss those many shots? Like, of course they didn't. And they know what they're doing wrong. But at the same time, as parents, we feel like we want to come in and rescue, give them advice, tell them what they should have done. But they already know. And then also, mm-hmm. too, they don't want to hear right now. So like maybe, you know, finding a time and a place that everybody can agree on to have those conversations is important and that will help protect their their mental health as well. Um, and then on top of that, it's so important to address any internal issues that they may be having with their sport because outside of their performance, there could be a reason why they didn't perform well. And it could just not even be that they didn't take enough shots before the game. It could be a bigger issue. It could be a conversation that they had with their coach that made them feel uncomfortable. It could be a situation where they have teammates who are not as supportive that that they hoped that they would be. All those things could affect you. It could be that you just didn't get enough sleep the night before or you didn't eat properly before a game. So we just need to find the time and the patience to really empathize with children who are playing a sport through injuries, because a lot of times kids are playing with injuries and they're powering through and, you know, and we're like, oh, you're a kid, you know, you're fine. You know, you can just bounce back. But it's like, they're humans too. Right. They're humans too. They hurt too. They're getting bumped around, hit, all of that. We just have to put ourselves in their shoes. And it's really hard to as a parent, yeah. but- it's something that we just have to do. So patience, patience yeah. with your kid. They're going through a lot, just like you are. Uh, and also to making sure that you put them in environments that are good for their mental health. If you ever see any signs of disrespect on or off the court with their teammates or anyone who is of authority around them, get them out of that situation because it could have long term effects that will be yeah. irreversible. You know what I mean? So. That's really important. And also too, making sure you just find the right fit for them. Like any kid who's playing any sport needs to be playing that sport at a developmental age. Mm-hmm. And and they also need to be playing meaning like not just Part of the team. I mean, actually playing the sport, right? right. Because there's a lot of times when you, you know, kids will get pulled onto a certain team and then aren't mm-hmm. getting the experience that they need in order to right. develop. And then by the time they start getting experience, it could be too late. You know, this is right. the time to get that experience. So you may think that your child is ready to perform at a very high level in a sport, but it may be better for them to perform maybe at a rec level just so they can get a little bit more experience first or on a team where the competition may not be as, you know, difficult on the team and they are considered to be a more of a priority player on that team. And then that way they can build their confidence and they can get those reps in. That's really important. Right. And I found that to be the truth for my kids because I've had different situations that were amazing for them and then some that weren't as amazing. And being able to identify that quickly and make a change has been so impactful for their lives Mm -hmm. um, and their sport. And also to making sure they find balance. So we were talking about finding balance with work and our wellness. Mm -hmm. It's important that we do the same for our children because we put so much pressure on them to be good students and, you know, to also perform in their sport. But where is their balance, you know? And their balance has to be outside of like going on TikTok as well and going (laughs) on social media. Like they need to find another hobby that they can turn to. Whenever their sport is becoming too overwhelming or whenever school becoming too overwhelming. And so it was so funny because I had um, one of my kids had a friend over and she was talking about going to like a hair braiding class. And I'm like, there's hair braiding classes for teens. Wow. She was like, yeah, it's so cool. You can go and they give you like a mannequin and you could braid that you can learn how to braid. I mean, what kid doesn't want to learn how to braid, right? Yeah, that is a cool skill to have. And then you can invite your friends over. You could braid their hair. But it's just something mm. other than the pressure of these two things that you're you have to do because yeah. we often tell our kids like this is your job like mm-hmm. you know sports and school that's your job but they need a break from work yeah they need a break from their job yeah you know and they're also not getting paid from those jobs so Mm-mm. it's even worse like you're doing this much work making this much sacrifice putting yourself out there all the time getting embarrassed. Like you have these ups and downs where like, it's like, oh, wow, I'm great at this. And sometimes you're doubting yourself, like, should I quit? So mm. all of that is going on and there's no paycheck attached to it. Period. You need to make sure that they have something else in their lives that yeah. um, that makes them feel whole, you know? Mm. So, yeah. I love that. On.
0: One thing I love that you said is that you have to make sure they're developing. Yeah. I can definitely speak to the fact that my freshman year, I think even my um, sophomore year, uh, well, no, my freshman year, I didn't play basketball. I didn't make the team, okay. but I was running track and field. Mm-hmm. So my sophomore year, my track coach begged the basketball coach to let me play. She's great. She can run. She can play defense. Mm-hmm. You know, she needs to work on her ball handling skills, but, and know, she really wants to play on the team. She really, she's a really good person. Like, let her, And so I got on the team, but I rode the bench. Yeah. She never put me in the game. Mm -hmm. And then one time when we were way up, she put me in for four minutes. And those four minutes, I scored four points. And the girl that was in the whole time in front of me, who played the entire game, she didn't even score four points. Look at that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the next year, that coach transitioned and we got a new coach. Mm -hmm. Well, after summer practice and seeing my hustle, I ended up starting. Look at that. My junior year, I got most improved. My senior year, MVP, most points, most rebounds. So, right? It's so true. If you don't give a child a chance to develop. And so, and sometimes it's, I'm not saying it was anybody's fault because I was pretty terrible. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like I I wasn't great, but I also wasn't getting an opportunity to develop. Right. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's what I really wanted to speak to because yeah, sometimes if someone's a late bloomer or a late starter, you think, oh, well, they're just not good. But have you given them the opportunity to develop, you know, and I think it's so important for us to give children the opportunity to develop in different areas that they're excited about Mm -hmm. and let them decide when it's time, like they like it or they don't like it. Because me, I really wanted it. And then even though I got on the team, I was like, oh, this sucks so bad. I'm on the team, but I'm riding this bench. But when I was on that bench, I was definitely taking notes, paying Mm -hmm. attention, doing the work. So when I did play, I was able to know my opponent and get in there and do what I needed to do, but still, even after I scored, I still wasn't getting opportunity because this coach was like, "This person is just—we just let them on the team. They're not right. that great." Put you in you a know? box, like, put this, me in a yeah. box of like, "You're just not a great player." But then, when I got a coach that didn't have a box for anyone, didn't know mm-hmm. anyone, I got a chance to actually develop and play and show what I was capable of. So I cannot speak to that enough, and I think that's how it is when it comes to success too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to give ourselves the opportunity to develop yeah. and make mistakes. And sometimes even at well-being, like we might not be great at jogging, you know, or we might not be great at yoga or we might not be great at lifting weights, but we have to give ourselves time to develop. We have to give our time self time, to work those muscles until we get better at it. And I think so many times people want to be at, they start yoga. It's so, so great for your mental, spiritual, and emotional well-being, but they're like think they can't do it because they can't do a handstand. Right. You know, and I think it's so important to just, you know, not only for a child, but for us mm-hmm. to give ourselves time to develop not only in well-being, but also when it comes to success. Yeah. And our businesses as an entrepreneur, it's like it takes time to be successful. It takes time to develop the skills to like know how to have a team, know how to manage your well-being. Like success just doesn't happen overnight. I think it was the book "What the tipping point Yes, that really talked about like 10,000 hours. Like we got to put our time in. And so I just really love that you said that we need that. The children need that developmental time. We need the developmental time as entrepreneurs. And if you're not giving yourself time to develop, you're really cheating yourself. You know, that developmental stage is so important in every stage of life. And the last thing I want to talk about, because I know you say you don't have this as much, but I wanted to talk about nighttime rituals oh, yeah. and why or lack thereof, like <laughs> you know, because I love a nighttime yeah. ritual. So do you get anything at night or do, because I know nighttime rituals are so great for sleep. So where are you at with nighttime? OK, rituals? at least I'm
1: taking. Maybe a second shower. So if I've worked out in the morning, I'll shower and then I'll take another shower before I go to bed because I just mm-hmm. want to be clean. I just want to just make sure all of my skincare is done. A skincare routine is very simple, but it's something, you know, yeah. I get that done. And then I really and truly just try to watch. I know people say don't watch TV before you go to sleep, but I'm the type of person who <laughs> could fall asleep. I can fall asleep right here if you want me to. Like, I would be like, yo. So <laughs> good night. <laughs> good night. Yeah. But so but having the TV on doesn't really bother me. But I like to take that time to just maybe get in an episode of a series that I'm really trying to finish right now yeah. because that's the only time I have. And I don't get the chance to watch much TV. So that's like how I like wind down at the end of the night. Typically, I'll have a glass of tea or if I really feel like I need something stronger, I'll have a glass of like, red wine. <laughs> But um, typically, I just end my night like that. Really mm-hmm. simple. I feel like you go in. I
0: feel like you're like, first, I cross yeah. the yeah. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> girl. Again.
1: What is your nighttime routine?
0: I'm a romantic. Okay. I'm a romantic. So I like lighting candles. Oh. I like, I you know, my two favorites. I try to venture off. I have a Love Vibes playlist with all my favorite love songs. Um, We'll link it. I'll, I'll yeah. link it in the notes. Okay. And so either I'm listening to that or I'll say Alexa, play Sade if I want to hear a woman and they'll play Sade and like different artists um, or Maxwell and okay. different artists. And so literally every night <laughs> I can't do not like I'm just candles and then some low Bobby music and then I love a bubble bath. Okay. You know, I haven't been getting as many as I want, but at least once or twice a week. A nice bubble bath, if not a shower, I love showering before bed. I feel like it's so important to like just really get the body to start to cool down and warm down. So if I don't get the bubble bath, I'm definitely taking a shower. I have this Naomi like deep sleep magnesium infusion. <laughs> oh of course, it is <laughs> Shower gel, bubble bath, and oh, wow. motion. Uh-oh. and I just give my body a full body oh, lather. Okay, if I have time. I give myself a full body massage. How do you give yourself a full body massage? Girl, start with your feet and work your way up. You I'm gonna take care I'm gonna
1: take care of myself <gasps> enough.
0: What? Girl, I, I have get my life have to. together. And if I'm not my man's doing it. Well, hey, let's know. because I'm like, like I love oils. Okay. And so um I have magnesium, lotion, I have C B D oils okay. that I love because I feel like that helps me go to mm-hmm. sleep. And so yeah, I'm at least those things of like. The bath or shower, music, candles, and a good rub down, mm-hmm. it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. I really watch TV. During the pandemic, I loved watching episodes. Mm-hmm. I watched, you know, Green Leap. Okay. I watched Bridgerton. Like yeah. I really got into it. But I'm really not a TV person. I love okay. movies. Like okay. I love watching movies. Um, but if I'm watching with someone like if I'm watching, uh, which I haven't done really, I'm gonna be honest. Like I haven't done, I haven't watched Anything recently. I have some shows on my list that I want to see. So I'm going to try to get them in. But even if I did that, it would be before my nighttime rituals oh, time. Okay. And sometimes, like if the house is messy, like I've had to incorporate cleaning now and put it in my schedule in my mm-hmm. nighttime rituals because yeah. otherwise the house is chaos. So I've learned to um either listen to a podcast mm-hmm. or a book while I fold clothes. And I've made that like a nighttime ritual as well. But. So what about pajamas?
1: You have. Special pajamas that you wear to sleep when you just go to bed. You're not wearing pajamas?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? I thought it was a romantic I right? know, wear right? pajamas. <laughs> like, if you get me in some lingerie, like, that's fun. Right. But no, I, you know, if I'm going around the house at night, I love a nice satin robe. Okay. Like, a, something silky, something nice. Um, I'll wear that. If it's like after dinner and I'm I'm doing evening work because sometimes I do I try to stop work at five but I'm gonna be honest I'm an entrepreneur sometimes I work till ten right and so something like that I'll I'll just wear sweats. Okay. You know, yeah. but yeah, when I'm in my sexy mode and once it gets later than I am doing my rituals, it's either like a satin robe or absolutely nothing. I like sleeping in my birthday.
1: So it's Valentine's Day every day at your house. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 how I want it to be for the rest of my life. Even when my kids, they coming in, we oil them down too, Aww. and all the things. Yeah, that's so sweet.
1: Listen, you don't even want to know where I go to bed. And no, I, sometimes I have pajamas on. So, yeah, but yeah, sometimes it could just be something super casual, like some a tank top and some shorts you go to sleep in that yeah i'll go to sleep in anything like i don't listen i mean if i can sleep i go to sleep in my clothes but not on purpose oh no on purpose i will have like like clothes that i feel are comfortable so it'll be like maybe it's a pajama set but it's it's still a set like it'll be like, like clothes are really comfortable (laughs) <laughs> really? I don't know. I like I mean, I get cold it's like I get hot and I'm cold and I'm yeah. cold and I'm hot and I just think but I like the idea of the robe. I don't yeah. know, do you get where do you get your ropes Does it matter like where you get them from or anywhere? No,
0: as long as they're quality. I love bamboo. So, yeah, I just I got mine off Amazon, you know, so you so and there is this other company that ha- I don't know what happened to my red rope, but there was this cooling rope that you could wear to sleep. And it was really nice. And I'm not remembering the company. If I remember, I'll, I'll put in show notes, but I um, it was this red rope. Oh, I loved it. And it was very cool and very soft. And I did love wearing that. Okay. And sometimes I have PJs. Like when I'm around my family and stuff, like I'll wear PJs and usually I'll wear them because you don't know when a kid is going to come and wake you up and you don't want to be naked. Right. So when I'm around my family, that's when I wear clothes. But when I'm with myself and with my partner, yeah, yeah, very little clothing. And yeah, that's it. Okay. Okay. So it is time for our (laughs) rapid fire. So my first question is good morning or grand rising. Oh, good morning. I don't say grand rising. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Your favorite playlist? Since we were talking about music,
1: <laughs> I have a playlist called, and we can link this too. It's called "Feel My Feel Good" playlist. Mm. There's about a hundred plus songs that remind me of my childhood, my mm. parents, all kind, every single emotion that I had when I was younger. And there's a few, like like a few '90s like kids in there, but it's mainly like stuff from like. 70s, 60s, 80s. Mm. I'm telling you, it makes me feel so good. It just makes me
0: smile from ear to ear every time. I'm going to need this it. tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to send it to you. Okay, I love it. Yeah. And then last question. If you could only do one ritual a day, what would it be?
1: Ooh, why can't I narrow it down? I love all my rituals. I know. But if I could just do one. <laughs> <laughs> I I really. It's so hard to pick from the six, but I'm like, what? I guess I would say my favorite one would be exercising with my friends. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. Oh yay. yeah, I get to stay in yes. your ritual. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so now it's your turn. You ready? All right, I'm ready. Okay. Who's one person you turned to
0: for advice when you were younger? One person I turned to for advice when I I'm gonna be honest, God. For real, like, I I really went within, and I think that's what guided me to a path that's completely different than what I grew up in. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, what is one thing
1: you have not done yet that you want to do before you leave this earth? Ooh.
0: I want to star in Woman King. Oh. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. I want to do that. I mean, I am so mesmerized. I love everything about that film. And I would love to be a part in a bigger, small way. And yes, that is on my vision board okay. of I'll, life.
1: <laughs> now, this is going to be a question that's going to raise eyebrows. <laughs> okay. We know you're a vegan. Okay. But if there's one piece of meat... Oh my gosh, are you, <laughs> you kidding me? Be, you I eat. can't do this. Like, What, what is that one thing you like, hey, if I was eating meat, I'd
0: I tear that up. I will never <laughs> eat an animal for the rest of my life. But, but- <laughs> today, one of my friends, Gabby Aurea, shout out, girl. She makes some good food. Okay. I saw her tear into some vegan baby back ribs. And I'm like, and she said it was vegan and gluten free. And I need to go to her blog yesterday and figure out how she made that. Because yes. I would like some vegan ribs okay. and they look so soft and moist yeah. and flavorful. I actually never really liked the flavor of animal products, yeah. even when I, I was eating them, nice. unless they were flavored really good with like barbecue or something. Exactly. like. So it's not like I don't miss any of that, right. but I love like barbecue and curry and mm-hmm. spices and things like that. So I'm really and then the, you know, ribs. And steak and burgers—they're just like nostalgic, you know. I, it's from my childhood, yeah. and so I like having things that remind me of my childhood. I like eating what other people are eating. Mm-hmm. So even though I eat eighty to ninety percent super clean, non-processed, I definitely eat processed food that reminds me of my child. Like whether it's a burger yeah. or a pizza or a baby back rib or whatever. Especially, people are getting way more creative now yeah. and learning how to make <laughs> these things, and they're healthier for you. They're not just like processed like not good things they're made out of like mushrooms and are made out of you know peas and so I love the creativity I love that more people are going plant-based so I have more things that I can try I'm a foodie I'm a vegan foodie I want to yeah. taste all the vegan things in the world but yeah I, I want to try those vegan gluten-free baby back ribs
1: well what do you think about the controversy with that because I you know we post a lot of vegan recipes that mm-hmm. are like you know Meat inspired, mm-hmm. and then I always see a comment like, "Y'all want to eat meat so bad, that, but don't eat meat. Like, yeah. why, just eat vegetables. Why are you trying to make your vegetable look like a rib?" Right. But
0: I, what are your thoughts on that? What would you say? Because we don't want to eat meat so bad, right. but like we enjoy flavors, and right. we also enjoy eating with our family, and we also enjoy like the fact that memories that you have growing up, like those memories are. Imprinted in you, so you remember the first time you had a steak or a piece of fried chicken, or mm. I mean, if you're a foodie, you do, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so to have those experiences and to taste something that still gives you that that smell and that mm. connection, or you know, when I eat popcorn, I always think of my dad because we would watch movies together. Okay. And so we like the experiences, we like flavor, mm. we like. If someone's like, "Oh, you're vegan, we got a salad for you," you're not my friend, right? I don't even like you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, you like, know what I'm saying? You don't like I, me I like all. to you don't care about me how, like I like to eat you know I like to yeah. eat I like to eat food now I like to eat fruits and vegetables and I like them in their natural state but as a foodie I do like creativity I love for people to make things but there is a difference when eating a lot of processed food yeah. so whether someone is vegan or not like I think you know eating a lot of processed food is not great for us mm-hmm. and so if a person is vegan but they're eating all processed food I'm like you know that's really not healthy so I like to talk more about being plant based Um, Whether a person is 100% vegan or eating however much meat they're eating, I really try to promote plant-based eating and eating a lot of fruits and vegetables because at the end of the day, that's going to help us be well. But yeah, um, I think you know when people say that, let people have what they need to have because at the end of the day, a lot of people who are vegan are doing it because they care about the environment. They care about the abuse of animals that happen, not everywhere, but a lot of places. And it's more of like a lifestyle and something that they're passionate about that is good for the world at large. So I feel like if they want to eat a fake burger, a fake steak, or some fake baby back ribs, leave them alone Please. and let them eat their food and right. mind your own business, you know. So, business. so, so yeah, I think people should be easy because it is hard. Like it's a lot easier now, but when I started 18 years ago, being a vegan was hard. It was hard to find what you need, and even now, it's hard to maintain your health health because there is so much processed food so it's not easy and so I would say be compassionate because a lot of times like I felt more like an outcast like oh well we don't have anything for I felt like more people got an attitude with me being vegan than me worried about someone it doesn't bother me because I used to eat animal so it doesn't bother me that you're eating that so why do you have a problem with me not eating it or wanting like a substitute so I think people should be more kind Um, and understanding and and I do know sometimes vegans, you know, can be a little bit judgmental. Um, we can be a, a bit aggressive in the approach when people are really passionate about. It. So I think it just needs to be compassion on both sides, knowing that we're all just doing the best we can to figure out what's best for our well-being. Right. Awesome. Well, y'all, that is it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please, please, please let us know your biggest takeaways. Definitely follow us on social. Ask your questions. Is there something we touched on? You want to go a little bit deeper? Let us know, because we want to make sure that you feel served, you feel seen and heard. And as our community, your feedback means the most to us. So until next time, love yourself, love others and love the world one day at a time, one breath at a time. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Lifestyle Design Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback fuels our mission to empower you with the tools you need to heal, build, and thrive. Keep embracing change, challenge, and the limitless potential within you.